0: hello and welcome to cumulative updates your source for the latest office 365 changes and tech industry news oh boy uh, yeah you can watch us on uh you can listen to us on itunes and google play now the podcast is uh connected to that we're also available on soundcloud Uh, We've got a Facebook page And uh, a YouTube channel as well If you'd like to look at my face And Listen to me talk Um, You just simply search The Kingdom of Update I'm pretty sure we're the only uh, Content with that name On any of those services Uh, Links will also be In the description uh, If if you need links uh, Wherever you are Okay, let's talk about Office 365 News. Oops, that was the wrong page to have open. Ah, let's just scroll on down here to... Okay. So we're going to cover off everything from March 9th to today. So there's been a lot of updates. A lot of updates. So let's start this off. Come on. Come on. There we go. New SharePoint feature. Edit metadata from within the SharePoint document library and list view web parts. Your end users will soon be able to edit SharePoint metadata in a file or list uh, directly from the web part. We'll be gradually rolling this out to targeted release customers starting in early March. The rollout will be completed by the end of April. So, basically... Yeah. So, but you don't have. I don't understand. Okay. Oh. Okay. So they're they're adding this to the they're adding this functionality to the actual like list web part uh, on, for pages, which is fantastic because. I'm not really sure why the feature set for the web part is different than um, the actual list. I mean, all the code is there. Uh, There's no reason not to have it other than being lazy. So let's look at the next one. Dynamics, service update 153 for Canada. This is only for the Canada region, uh, maintenance window on March 21st from 1am to 10am, UTC. Which I think makes it kind of middle of day for us, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but anyways that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone, just Canadian folks out there. New feature for the Advent center. Forums activity reports in the Microsoft Admin Center. They're updating the Admin Center to include forums activity reports. Allows you to understand if you, if and how much forums is being used within your organization. That is fantastic. Some of those reports, I it'd be great if you could drill down on them. But I'm good thing that they're adding more updates available. For Office 365 Pro Plus on the monthly semi-annual targeted and semi-annual challenge channels. We've released updates to the Office 365 Pro Plus monthly channel. Semi-annual channel targeted and semi-annual channel. Uh, starting March 10th. So they're just rolling out updates. New feature for teams. Teamslash Skype, consumer chat, and calling interrope. Um, Updated instructions to access the setting. We apologize for any inconvenience. Your Skype and Teams for consumer, uh, uh, sorry. Your Teams and Skype for consumers users will soon be able to chat and make voice over IP calls to one another. We'll be gradually rolling this out by the end of uh, March 2020. Uh, the rollout will be completed by the end of April. Oh yes, this is just, they've added more instructions for, I think we talked about this last week. Basically, you'll be able to, there'll be a switch where you can turn off or on, um, external users. Whether or not your teams and Skype for Business users can call those people. Uh some more dynamic stuff. They're migrating admin experiences from Dynamics CE Admin Center to Power Platform Admin Center, so they're kind of consolidating all that. So, yeah. Could be a different place for Dynamics administration. (laughs) Updated feature. Outlook Mobile. So this is for Exchange. Outlook Mobile updates the rollout of privacy settings. Uh... In January, we announced that Outlook for iOS and Android would follow the privacy controls on di- uh, diagnostic and related data that Office sends to Microsoft. When we rolled out this change, the in-app notification advised all users of change in their privacy settings that occurred. This was not the intended uh, experience. Consequently, we rolled back this change. We, so this is their, their re-roll in and out. You know what? I think I may have used this on the last episode. Uh, But they updated it on the 11th. What do they change? Maybe they were the uh, the 9th they were telling people they were rolling it back and now they're rolling it back out again. Moving on. uh, SharePoint. Updating classic SharePoint Team Site homepages to the modern template. March 12th. In order to give customers more time to prepare for the automatic update, we will we are adjusting the rollout time frame. Additionally, based on feedback, we have updated the supporting documentation with additional details. With this update, classic uh, SharePoint team site homepages that have not been customized will be automatically updated to a modern home page template. We will be gradually rolling this out to targeted release customers in May, previously in March. The rollout will be completed by end of June, previously May. So that's very important. You, if you have team sites, uh, you know, just start updating them to modern, really, because that seems to be what Microsoft is trying to push. And the last thing you want is, you know, maybe your homepage is the default page and gets updated to modern, but you've got all these other pages on the to the site that are custom and you know only work in classic. And your users is going to be flapping back and forth. So I would suggest just if you can even just add a, like a co- content uh, editor web part and just put something that's essentially white space in there and, and save the page to make it custom. I think that's your best bet to prevent the update, but you should be, there's a, I mean, there's no reason there's a lot of functionality in, in modern, in the modern UI that's been released within the past, you know, year, six months, just, New stuff, modern UI is just pushing out all the time. It's hard to stay on top of it. There's really no reason why you should be staying with the classic UI. Unless there's something specifically that doesn't work in the modern UI yet. Or that you can't spend a little bit of development time on to get into the modern UI. Okay. Uh, Exchange. Updated feature. Blocked file tapes in Outlook on the web. We will be adding some additional file extensions to the blocked file types list. The blocked file types parameter specifies a list of attachment file types file extensions that can't be saved locally or viewed from Outlook on the web. This change will roll out in early April and will be completed by the end of April. For more information, go here. So let's take a look see what they're adding to the list of Document Types. Uh, so. Python scripting. Any Python uh, file types. Any PowerShell file types. The Windows ClickOnce file type. Uh, Microsoft Data Access Components file type. Uh, a Windows Sandbox extension. Uh, extensions for digital certificates. So that's like your .cr, .crt. Uh, Java programming language, so .jar. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is all stuff that you probably don't want uh, running. Um, yeah, and then there's just a bunch of older older stuff that's gonna get blocked just because it's safer to block it than than to not block it, even though it only affects kind of like older applications. So, yeah, that's great. You should probably, a lot of those, you should probably already have blocked through Exchange Online. If you haven't, you know, do a security review and get that done. Okay, an update for uh, micro, uh, Office 365 in general. Updated feature, Microsoft Secure Score, improvement action updates. We're updating. Microsoft security improvement actions to ensure a more accurate representation of security posture. We'll be rolling this out to consumers on March 16th, 2020. That's today. Um, they don't really tell us a lot about what it is that is going on. Um, there is an additional information link. So let's take a quick little peek at that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're removing some stuff. They're removing quite a bit of stuff. And they're adding some stuff. So, that's interesting. A big one would be, do not allow mailbox delegation. Uh, I know some, I've had some clients who, they've just been ignoring that because literally, like, some of sometimes you have the valid reason for mailbox delegation. That being said, I'm not really sure if they should have removed that because you know I think it's still good to monitor that on a, either a semi uh, like bimonthly or maybe even a weekly weekly basis because um, if you're you know. If an account gets compromised that happens to have the ability to, like, delegate permissions on a mailbox, you know, it's better to do that and check and be, you know, sure that, yes, we had a valid business reason for doing that mailbox delegation. That is acceptable. Um, Not, oh, uh, oops, we weren't checking it, and now we have a a bigger problem on our hands. (sighs) So... It's interesting, so new feature for Planner it looks like, or Project. Pending changes to the new Project Project for Web for your organization. Uh, They're making a change to Project, also known as Project for the Web, that requires an action for you to perform within your organization. Um, Please review and ensure your Project for the Web toggle settings is turned on. Act now so there's no interruption after April 6th. They'll honor the settings we have in place for Project for the Web after. New SharePoint feature, or updated SharePoint feature, sorry. Uh, SharePoint site swap. So we have updated this message with additional details and resources. We are gradually enabling the capability to swap the location of a SharePoint root site with another site using a new PowerShell commandlet, commandlet invoke uh, FBO site swap as announced in August 2019 and September 2019. We are pleased to extend this feature to customers that have more than uh, 10,000 licenses. Customers with fewer than 10,000 licenses already have this capability So, yeah, for most people, I'd say you already can do this. Uh, If you do, then just, uh, you know, you've got that new PowerShell commandlet. I would say, though, that if you're using that commandlet a lot, man, you need to stop. You need to stop doing that. You need to plan out your SharePoint deployment and then implement it. Don't just implement it willy-nilly and then hope for the best and come back later. And you need to do continuous improvement as well so um yeah plan for change ios support updates for mobile mobile device management for office 365. uh yeah so they're just this is sort of additional info for a previous announcement they're moving from mdm for office 365 to intune So you need to have like devices need to be um, iOS 11 or higher. Um, Yeah. So if you don't have a device, uh, so an iPhone 5, 5C, iPad fourth generation, sounds like you're out of luck. You're not gonna be able to do device management. You need to buy new devices. Windows support, so the same thing, um, so Windows 8, uh, Windows Phone 8.1, which nobody has, Windows 10 Mobile, which probably, no, again, nobody has, so those devices just won't be supported, so get a new device if you've got those, um. Okay, teams. Awareness of Microsoft 365 temporary feature adjustments to best support our Microsoft 365 customers worldwide and accommodate new growth and demand during these unprecedented times, we're making temporary adjustments to select non-essential capabilities. We do not expect these changes to have significant impact on end users' uh, experience, but want to make you aware. Examples of uh, changes we make include how often we check for presence, the interval in which we show the other party is typing, video resolution. They'll provide further updates uh, to the management center post, uh, should the situation change. And this is pretty much just because they've, like if your business is not uh, like remote work capable, if your business is not remote work capable, uh, you should be looking at Office 365. And you should be looking at Office 365 with Teams. And Microsoft is helping you out with that. They're giving you six months free uh, with uh, Office 365 E1 licensing, which is like pretty nice licensing. That's usually like 30 bucks a month. Uh, so they're the, per person, right? So. They're giving you a really good deal by giving you six months free. They're doing it in response to COVID-19. I I congratulate them for that. They've had an increase of like 20 million people that weren't on teams in the past like three weeks, two weeks, are now on teams. Uh, and that's like existing licenses, just use going up and all that. Um. Yeah, like... They're uh, obviously with that kind of increase in capacity there and you know, so their workforce is certainly affected by COVID-19 as well. So they're, you know, making adjustments where they can to make sure that the service remains up and active for people because the last thing they want right now is something to crash. And as far as I'm aware, I mean, there's Slack and a couple of other things, but teams for meetings, especially uh, inviting external people. Nothing is easier. You simply just send a meeting invite. There's a link in the meeting invite that says join Teams meeting. Your external party clicks on that. They will get prompted to download and install the Teams client. They can ignore that and just click join online and they're connected and that'll work. That method will work on their phone or on their computer or on a tablet. So yeah. This like <laughs> this and a couple like other like you don't have to install anything. That's the biggest thing that they have over a lot of the other meeting apps. Um so you can easily continue to have um you know people meet, people you know, work progress, projects progress. There are a couple projects that I'm working on that as as far as we're aware, uh we're continuing to to work. Uh, the COVID nineteen will not impact our business. Hopefully, uh, if it does, we're okay with that. Uh, we'll continue to support our clients as best as we can for whatever services they still require. And that's that's all I have to say. We're IT. We'll we'll keep chugging as best as we can. <clears throat> okay. Speaking of which, now that we've covered off all the uh, updates, uh, let's talk about the news. So, Microsoft has canceled uh, build and made it virtual. I myself have signed up and gotten a spot. I will attend it virtually. So, uh, again, just, you know, it's great that people are being more cautious Taking the precautions they need, closing down large events. I'm just really glad that these conferences, rather than just shutting down completely, are deciding. At least the ones run by like major companies, uh, like Microsoft and Google and Facebook, they're deciding. You know what? There's no reason we can't do this online. Let's just do it online, and we'll make. And you know what? Because we're doing it online, let's make it. Let's just make it free. Uh, I truly believe that. As great as the as an experience that the conferences are, and I think they do, you know, it is an economic benefit potentially to the city that they're hosted in, and there's a lot of benefit for the people that attend. Uh, the more people that you can get, sort of in a room thinking about the same thing, work talking about the same problems, the better, right? Like, it, it'll just be better with with more people. So. And then, seen it. It's got a uh, cancellations and delays article uh, about you know NBA, Disney films, Broadway. Uh, they're I think they're trying to keep up a list. So this this is probably no longer up to date. I picked out this article on Friday last week. I thought it was going to record on Friday, and then you know I live in Canada. We we just uh, shut down our borders to pretty much anyone who's not a U.S. citizen or a Canadian, so, um, yeah, like, stay safe out there, um, do what you need to do to, uh, socially distance yourself from people, at this point, I would say don't go to restaurants, there's, there's not much point, it's not worth the risk, even if you think you're gonna be fine, I think I'm gonna be fine, I'm not in a, you know, I'm not old, Uh, I don't have that bad of an immune system I don't have really any underlying medical conditions but if you spend time with people who do then like you need to stop doing that if you can and if you can't then you need to um, talk about uh, you know limiting your contact with other people of your age group unfortunately (laughs) so yeah NBA MLS uh that uh, baseball has been delayed, NHL canceled, just so many things. Museums are shutting down. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know shows of all kinds. Uh, if if you're planning to go outside of your national country, uh, whatever country you live in, I would recommend at this point. To not, um, because you even if you get travel insurance, you don't know if the insurance company is going to decide to uh, revoke coverage uh, because you decided to go out during a pandemic, and you don't know what's going to happen in the country that you're in. I mean, it's sad to say, but Italy right now they're decide they're having to decide who essentially gets to get a ventilator and get uh, you know sort of the most the best treatment that they have right now, which everything is assistive. So, I mean, a ventilator is not going to cure you, not going to guarantee that you live, but it'll give you a better chance. And, uh, countries could start deciding, you know what? Like, I'm sorry, you're sick. You're, but you're above a certain age or I'm sorry, you're sick, but you know, you're, you're not a citizen. You're not a taxpayer. We have to prioritize our taxpayers and our citizens before we, you know, <laughs> um, do anything about uh, foreigners. I, which, I... It's a sad thing to, to say, but that is a distinct possibility uh, in the coming weeks and days. Right now, everybody's, you know, We're trying to do the best. We're trying to support... Everybody's trying to support each other, which I think is great. But, you know, they're... Depending on if this thing slows down or not in the U.S. and Canada, there could be a tipping point where they, you know, unfortunately, officials and hospitals come out and say, you look like... Like, we're just going to have to turn you away. At this point, we don't have enough machines to save... To... To help everyone, not to save because, again, ventilator won't save you, won't save you, just increase your odds of recovery. So yeah, this is uh, yeah, I don't think this list is up to date, because there's just been cancellations and closers and everything, so I won't go through this all originally I was planning to. So uh good thing though in china china is starting to recover and apple has reopened all uh china stores in in, uh uh, all all their stores in china um canada they've closed them all (laughs) i think in the u.s they may have as well definitely just if you're going somewhere call before going i guess because if you still really feel like you need to go um One good thing for, maybe not for the states, but for Canada, definitely. Coronavirus could force uh, ISPs to abandon data caps forever. Um, Most people in the states probably, uh, I would say, on general, already have unlimited internet, I feel. Or at least very high caps. Canada, it's gotten better in the past, like, five years. But for a very long time, we were, like you were paying for like 100 gigs or 150 gigs or 200 gigs. And that was it. And if you went over, you started paying like, essentially like a mobile phone overage charge. It would be, you know, per megabyte that you went over, you'd be paying like $10. Like it, you could easily blow through your data cap and then uh, like the fees would just get ridiculous. I myself um, have unlimited internet. My parents also have unlimited internet, but there are definitely people who don't. So uh, a lot of the companies have um, changed changed that. So now um, they do get... A lot of companies have changed that. So now they do get, uh, you know, uh, unlimited internet. And there have been some companies that have removed the internet cap due to COVID. So hopefully, um, to be honest, you're talking about at least like, yeah, it is really arbitrary. The amount of bandwidth you get, you're talking about for another extra, like, gig of data transfer, you're talking about, like, pennies or fractions of a penny to have that data transmitted to you and the companies, uh, the telecommunication companies are charging you, like, uh, ridiculous amounts of money for that. I get that they have very expensive infrastructure in place, um, but they're making money. They're not losing money. They uh do not have as much as they want you to think that they have a problem with money and being able to afford to expand right now unless the government pretty much just says that you need to expand or you know enough consumers start saying like well we're going to switch to this other company because of the fact that this other company is offering faster uh networking capabilities they have no reason to upgrade any other systems some of the systems uh, even the fiber optic systems, because we uh, we knew about that technology in like the 60s and 70s, we just didn't know how it was going to work, but we knew how to make the cable. So pretty much all the um, wires between uh, uh, major cities are fiber optic, and a lot of the wire that goes to the terminal box uh, is fiber optic that goes to like your community uh, terminal box it's just the last kind of last mile essentially of cable that's usually copper um, or, or 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 something else equivalent and uh, unless of course you've got fiber optic which hopefully they've sold you uh, fiber optic and actually upgraded your cable from the the box to your to your uh, house as an uh, actual Fiber optic cable. Uh, yeah, they they uh, they definitely aren't uh, aren't suffering. Very much so in Canada too, because there's no competition basically. We have like three options, more or less. Okay right. A little bit brighter news Artificial intelligence to rapidly accelerate uh, development in pharma. Uh, yeah, so as people are trying to like sort out of vaccine for uh, coronavirus, um, they're starting to leverage uh, AI. Uh, Alibaba in China actually uh, leveraged an AI to help process uh, potential like uh, CT scans, which they were using to check if somebody had coronavirus. Uh, at a quicker rate than they normally would so yeah there's a lot of potential here it's good to see that we're actually um, AI is just starting to mature a little bit in terms of uh, what it can do so I mean there's a lot of concerns with privacy and the different things that they need to make sure but there's just so much opportunity there for, for AI to Help. You can't really argue with the possibilities there. Okay. Uh, two weeks ago now, uh, the internet avoided a minor disaster. Uh, no, away. Um, if you're not aware of this, Let's Encrypt. Basically, they had a bunch of certificates that, due to a backend bug, uh, they, you know, weren't technically secure so they set a bunch to expire and then people basically had two or three days to recertify them and get it looks like uh everything you know went over as smooth as it could um will there be a bit of a pullback from let's encrypt i don't know the only off op- the only difference between a let's encrypt certificate and a certificate from like norton or digicert or godaddy is that Uh, there's going to be a certain amount of insurance protection that comes with that certificate. That insurance policy, so far, in the history of the internet, has never been claimed on. Why has it never been claimed on? Because it does not cover you, the owner of the certificate, for any financial loss. It covers the user, your users, of your website for uh, identity theft, and uh, illegal uh, transactions uh, which to be honest most credit cards already have that uh, insurance so why why double insure um, the reason why nobody's claimed it because uh, it only applies in most instances that I've looked at and I've dug into the insurance policy on it uh, the only time that it's ever been uh, it would apply is if the person, a user went to a site that was not your site, but it had your SSL certificate that was issued from the certificate provider by mistake. That means they are only covered. If you have uh, abc.com, and it's an online web store. And you have an SSL server for abc.com. And your users go on there and buy stuff with your credit cards. They are only covered if they go to def.com. And the certificate says, this is abc.com. And the site is secure. And they type in their info and do their transaction. So, yeah. Like... This policy has never, never happened, never, um, never made a claim up. Also, like, I would say, from insurance perspective, at least part of it is because of how damn specific the, this insurance policy is. The other component would be the fact that any certificate provider, if they've if they've ever had that case where they've issued like somebody is. Phones uh, connects to the ssl certificate provider and says hey i have uh, def.com i would like an ssl certificate and then they give them an ssl certificate for abc.com within days that root authority that certificate provider is out of business shut down and gone and all their certificates are invalid because it works as sort of like a group ecosystem so they're like when you buy a certificate from DigiCert or GoDaddy, your certificate works everywhere because not only are they saying this certificate is good, but other certificate providers are saying, "Oh, certificates from GoDaddy are good, certificates from DigiCert are good," and you know it's it's kind of all going back and forth. So, yeah, like I can't believe that they charge like two hundred and something dollars for a certificate. It, uh, yeah, it's an automated process to be honest. Uh, the sellers of this, it's an automated process. It's literally, they click a button, it might be a little bit more manual process to actually like request for a certificate, but once they have all the files, it's literally just dump them all into an app and away it goes. Okay, finally uh to listen, brings new automation tools to Jira Cloud. So a few months ago Atlas, uh, Atlassian acquired Code Barrel, uh behind the popular automation for Jira low-code tool, uh automating many aspects of Jira. Unsurprisingly, Al- uh, surprisingly, I uh then set out to integrate many of these features into the core Jira experience, and today the company is launching these new built-in automation features for all users of Jira Cloud which is just great. So if you're a free plans, you'll get access to some features. If you're paid, you'll get access to more. So I am not super familiar with Jira, but Hey, it's code. It's coding stuff. So if you use Jira, then that's great Great for you. Well, that is all the time we have for today. I hope you guys Stay safe. Wash your hands. Um, And if you guys don't have Microsoft Teams, certainly consider getting it at this point. We'll uh, see you next time.